Hey, it's Keith. So, my sports team is in the news for non-sports reasons, and I want to talk about it. The Los Angeles Dodgers, the baseball team of my childhood and today, are having a Pride Night in June on the 16th, and that's not unusual. 28 out of the 30 baseball teams have a Pride Night, and as we all know, like, the logos of every bank and fast food chain and stuff go rainbow for the month of June. And it's pretty cynical, you know, rainbow washing. It's capitalism pandering at its finest. And I've criticized it probably every year of this podcast because I'm very, I'm very sensitive to being messaged in this kind of way in any kind of way. I don't like political messaging in any form. I don't like it from the left. I don't like it from the right. I like to enjoy the things that I enjoy. And some of those things are mainstream and some of them are niche or underground. And that's fine. You know, when I listen to a techno DJ that, you know, I heard in Berlin and is now playing at Burning Man or something like that has its own scene with its own, you know, in-group and, you know, lingo and baggage. If I'm watching the Dodgers play baseball, that is such a mainstream event. You know, like 50,000 people go to those stadium games a day. And it's, you know, a huge broadcast thing, you know, for all of the country. And so you really have to think, like, what are the rules? What are the what's the etiquette around that? How does a team handle something like a pride night? Is it even appropriate to have that? I'm of the persuasion that the plurality of our society is a given. Like there are everyone has their things. We're all different. And why do we need to talk about it? Like who cares? You know, we're here to watch baseball. But just like the Democratic Party of the USA, MLB, a lot of these sports things, they like to pander to each one of their little niche groups. So you have a Mexican Heritage Night, a Japanese, a Black Heritage Night. You have Breast Cancer Awareness on Mother's Day, where all the teams wear this really horrible, you know, pink socks and badges that clash with their uniforms. You have military appreciation. You have these stupid camouflage hats and all this gear. You know, you have like a Star Wars themed night on May 4th or something like you squeeze every penny out of your, you know, consumer loving fan bases for profit and you sell it off as like being in touch or something. And I find it sickening, but whatever, like that's that's the world, you know, I try to overlook all that stuff because it really doesn't interest me no matter what the thing is. But of course, Pride Night is a thing, Pride Month, Pride Week, whatever it is. So the Dodgers are doing that, and they've just stepped in some hot water because they got involved with what I'm going to call a, basically a fringe, fringe group. And they invited them, and they gave them an award, and then they took back the award and disinvited them, and then the whole gay community freaked out, the LGBTQ community. I think I'll call it the queer community. I think it's more accurate. And, you know, this whole thing has been playing out like a, almost like a farce to me, but it's this like weird melodrama. 
And I don't think it's really appropriate in baseball, to be honest, but that's the way that social politics work. They do pop up randomly in places that you might not expect them, and then as a society, we talk about it, or at least us media-savvy people analyze it. So that's what I'm going to do here. And, you know, it's easy to contextualize this broadly in culture. You know, within sports, um, we, we know of Colin Kaepernick. He was the quarterback for the San Francisco football team who took a knee during the national anthem because he was protesting the injustices of this country. And NFL didn't like that, and he basically lost his job. Um, because he really was prioritizing his politics over his athleticism and his millions-dollar contract. Now, make of that what you will. You know, you can think about him as a hero or as an idiot. You know, I, I don't really think about it much at all. But then Nike hired him to be their spokesman because they were really embracing this kind of woke agenda of, like, clashing against this evil system. And then in the NBA, the basketball league here in the States, we had this whole like huge response to the protest movement during the lockdown of the pandemic where Black Lives Matter was painted on the courts and all the players wore these slogans on their shirts. And how should I put it? Phil Jackson, considered maybe the greatest basketball coach ever, he publicly denounced that as like a turnoff and how he's kind of stopped watching basketball because it has become so political and you have stars like LeBron James saying that he won't shut up and dribble and that because he you know is so beloved by kids and everything that he has a responsibility to be politically active and speak out against black injustice and stuff like this and his reference to shutting up and dribbling is like this you know response to a conservative pundit called Laura Ingram who you know, despite charges of racism, she's used this kind of phraseology against a lot of people, mostly white, the Dixie Chicks to shut up and dance, you know, um, Alec Baldwin or whomever to shut up and act. Because in her opinion, politics don't belong in these kind of venues. You know, if you're an entertainer, you know, perhaps Michael Jordan said it best, Republicans buy shoes too. You know, and Michael Jordan was criticized at the time for not standing up against a certain politician in his home state who did seemingly have racist attitudes. And Michael Jordan didn't denounce him because he wanted to be centrist or play both sides. I really respect Michael Jordan. I don't know if that was the smartest thing to do, but it doesn't matter your political persuasions. Like, Michael Jordan is amazing as an athlete, as a as a person so committed to his skill and all this and maybe it is because i'm more socially conservative maybe in response to how hard the left has been pushing over the years and how annoying and distasteful it is even if you do agree you know like it's annoying so i just don't blame people who take on this perspective of like can we just watch baseball? Can we just watch basketball? Why do we have to be messaged? Like, LeBron James does not understand the whole story. It is not as simple as just saying Black Lives Matter and that, you know, white-on-black racism explains every injustice suffered by modern black people. It's not fair. It's reductive. It's stupid, frankly. It's, it's uneducated to say such 
uh, you know, a simplified thing. And yet he thinks it's his responsibility to do so. I'm not so sure. So that puts me, you know, on the back foot in this day and age among my, you know, progressive friends. Be that as it may, I still identify, generally speaking, with progressive ideas more so than conservative ideas. Anyways, we're getting beyond ourselves here. To refocus on the Dodgers, let me tell you the story of this whole Pride Night fiasco. It centers on a group called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. This is a an activist group that does charity work. They did a lot in their foundation in 1979 to raise awareness to the AIDS epidemic, which was a very important cause. And when you trace activism now back to the, you know, the out and proud days of AIDS, it makes a lot of sense. Does it still make sense? I, for one, would doubt that, given the progress that's been made. But there are always marginalized peoples to fight for. Fair enough. This is a group that I've never heard of, despite being among gay spaces, queered spaces my whole life, by and large. Um, but that that's neither here nor there. They were awarded this hero award by the Dodgers organization for their 27 years of community service or something like that. And this award came directly from the CEO of the Dodgers, whose name is not important. Now, I don't really understand why that happened. I don't really care. But, you know, when you look at an organization like Bud Light under Anheuser-Busch with this first female marketing director putting Dylan Mulvaney on their cans and alienating their entire fan base and losing, you know, 28% of market share and their stock plummeting, you know, 10% or something, whatever it is, you know, you have to wonder what motivates these decisions. And I, I have a suspicion that there's this, you know, this t intoxicating vibe in the air among elitists that it's their job to message and propagate with propaganda to the people about what they have to think and believe and want. You know, it's not enough to be tolerant and to each their own, live your life, date who you want, drink what you want. It's not enough. You have to also show sincere support and, you know, love or something for it. And I think that's where the left goes too far nowadays, you know, like, have a pride night. Like, I don't care. You know what I mean? I don't care any more than when I see the Jesus loves us signs, you know, in certain, you know, red state highways or whatever. Like, that's annoying. I mean, quite frankly, when I go to a Dodger game, I remember as a child, those fences were empty of advertisements. And now they're full of these random things. You know, like, I would hate to see Major League Baseball go the way of international soccer football with, like, every single patch of your outfit and your field branded with some, you know, Valvoline or, you know, Maybelline, whatever it is. Like, <laughs> I don't care about these brands, you know? Like, get them out of here. I want to watch a game. But that's the way of the world. And I find it quite insufferable, but... I'm not offended politically. I'm not offended so deeply. But it's easy enough for me to imagine if I was 
one of the very, very many religious people in this country, especially here in LA, despite being a coastal elitist leftist city. There are a lot of religious people. There are a lot of Catholics. There's a big Hispanic population here. And believe it or not, minorities like Hispanics are more religious than us coastal elitist, you know, Caucasian people or whatever. And this group, the Sisters of Perpetual Peace, while doing their community service, dress up in drag as nuns and paint their faces quite, <laughs> I'll put it nicely, I mean, flamboyantly, you know, like it's, I don't know, I find it ghastly, to be honest. It looks like when you go onto their website that I'm on here, it looks like the insane clown posse or some like fringe group like furries or something. It's like, this is not a mainstream group, all right? Now, I don't mean to have a go at drag. You know, I know it's a very popular thing. A lot of my friends love watching RuPaul's Drag Race. It's a fine show. I don't have anything bad to say about it. I just, I don't care. Why would I care? You know, it's not my thing. So the question is like, does this group cross a line? And the Dodgers basically capitulated, unfortunately, to a very annoying Republican congressperson from Florida, Marco Rubio, who basically called out the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence as being a very offensive, anti-Christian hate group. Now, obviously, hate group is putting it too strong. I mean, I don't like that term, what constitutes a hate crime. I mean, all crime feels hateful to me, to be honest. But to just say that, like, because of certain identities that it's, like, especially targeted? Well, if you look at this group, it is especially targeted because they're trying to highlight the hypocrisy of the Catholic Church and the nuns and everyone else, the Pope especially, Popes down the line, who've turned their head toward all the heinous acts of, you know, priestly pedophilia, for instance, over the years. What does that have to do with this, though, I wonder? So you have this group that dresses in drag, makes a very big scene of it, to each their own. I don't care. That's great. They're doing good community service. The Dodgers CEO is told by his people somehow that this group should have the award of the night, whatever. Marco Rubio objects, and it puts the Dodgers in this tricky spot where they know that a lot of their fan base actually is religious, and they disinvite the group. And then I hear from my gay friends how terrible this is because of some pretty shoddy arguments, in my opinion, that if you're going to invite every, anyone, you have to invite everyone, and that if you invite somebody, you can't disinvite them, and that, you know, their offenses don't even compare to the Catholic, Catholic Church's offenses, so that's not fair. Never mind that those really have nothing to do with each other, but on their website, the Scissors of Perpetual Indulgence denounced the Dodgers for taking back the award and were addressed Marco Rubio's claims and pointed out that the Catholic Church is way worse than they are, you know. But this isn't between the Sisters and the Catholic Church. This is between Pride Night and a mainstream sports event. And I would chalk it up as a win just in general for the queer community that Pride Night is a thing, and that your sexual life is celebrated. Like, I don't even get that. You know, no one's celebrating all my fetishes, you know, except for porn, which is where it belongs, you know. Um, 
I just, I find it strange that pride is still a thing, you know? Pride is, again, a historical remnant of when it was very important to be out and proud. And now I see the point that it's kind of this, like, fetishistic street party, like, it's very hedonistic, you know? It's not just about pleasure, but, like, that's kind of the idea of, like, let us drag queens teach kids about sex and how non-judgmental pleasure can be. Like, maybe, maybe not. Maybe that's not the best way for kids to think of sex. Maybe it's actually healthy to be a little afraid of sex and a little, not confused because that's not good, but, you know, to treat it with a little more uh, gravitas or seriousness. Now, look, I get joy, I get pleasure, I, I like that stuff. I've been to my fair share of, you know, um, these kind of events around the world. And they're, they can be fun, for sure. But there is a line to be drawn, and I don't trust the left to draw that line. And the way that the world works is that you have groups speaking up and then when they bother other groups, those groups then speak up. And that's kind of how it goes. That's how we manage our, our world by, you know, with arguments, with, you know, back and forth, with discussion, with conversation. So here we are having it. Is this group appropriate? I don't know. Um, maybe, you know, even my gay friends will say, then they shouldn't have invited that group. They shouldn't have awarded that group. Are the religious people right to be offended? I think people are too sensitive these days across the board, including religious people. So it's like, chill out, you know, like let this group have their day. You know what I mean? It brings more people into the stands. That's what the Dodgers ultimately want is to just expand their fan base. Obviously, this is a business. But yeah, the Dodgers capitulated to the religious conservatives and the queer community freaked out and a bunch of other groups started pulling out of this event you know the whole LA pride you know industrial complex was pulling out and this is a very divided group already because you know this alphabet soup of lgbtqia2s++ i think i read on their website i don't even know what half that is i mean it's out of hand you have gay culture and then you have queer culture Gay culture is about sex through partying, circuit parties, grinder, you know, not that all gay men are into this stuff, but by and large, gay men are interested in finding each other. And then a good amount of them want a normal life that can lead to marriage. Lesbians, similar, though hardly overlapping socially. And then you have queer culture, which is by and large driven by leftist politics and marginalization vocabulary intersectionality, you know, queer theory. And this is basically neo-Marxist. This is basically just wokeism. And, you know, I'm very skeptical of it, but I'll be, I do find myself in these positions, these scenes of people who are just basically normal people who want to have fun and get along. But, you know, LA itself has two pride events. It has its gay pride in West Hollywood, which is like the epicenter of like gay boys. And then it has its Pride Day Night Parade downtown, which is like the epicenter of queer culture. Two dis different events. 
So anyways, I'm sure we can guess which one of those two was most angered by this Dodger stuff. And the Dodgers then backtracked and capitulated to the queer community and reinstated the sisters back into their pride night and, rein and reinstated the award they were giving them. So, you know, that's cool. I'm happy with that ending. It's fine with me. But it obviously did offend or bother certain religious people. Chief among them, the one and only Clayton Kershaw, the greatest pitcher to ever live, who is still pitching for the Dodgers. And he's a religious guy. Surprise, surprise. I mean, I didn't know that. I think he's really cool. He's great on camera. He makes, you know, good commentary during games. And he's just a stand-up guy overall. But he took it upon himself to announce that the Dodgers were going to bring back a Christian night, Christian pride night or Jesus night or something. And I don't care. Just like, I, you know, I don't care about any of this. Like, I'm on this of this position. Like, why can't we just play baseball? Why can't I just go into my online spaces, check in with the Dodgers subreddit, and talk baseball? You know, talk about the wins, the losses, whatever. And then without getting inundated with all this politics, the annoying part is that in my summation, I do think it's the leftists that start this and push this. Of course, the argument goes that it's the right that inflames it. And Marco Rubio, in this case, would be a prime example because he is the one that like brought this to everyone's attention. But I would say more sinisterly that it began with the PR team in the ear of the Dodgers organization that was pushing the sisters as like the face of this pride night. And it's, I just wonder, like, you don't have to be a religious conservative to be slightly put off by people that paint their faces like clowns and dress up as nuns, you know, like that's just not a mainstream look, period. I'm sorry. Like I don't go to insane clown posse events, you know, I mean, look, I don't know if you want to describe me as socially conservative or, conservative or not, but I wear, I wear solid colors. I wear clothes that fit me as well as possible. I wear muted blues, blacks and whites. You know, maybe I'll wear a striped shirt. I definitely don't wear brands on my clothes. My house is adorned in a minimalist way. That's my sensibility. Like I said, when I go to a game, I don't want to see advertisements for, you know, restaurants or whatever. Like, I don't care about that stuff. Don't message to me. You know what I mean? I'm not going to message to you, except that I'll kind of, you know, we all kind of message with our fashion. I'm trying to show, I'm trying to advocate a tasteful, artistic sensibility. I like beers with minimal packaging. You know, I like, you know, sparkling waters from Erewhon with like cutting edge design sensibilities and nice typeface and color patterns. You know what I mean? So I'm just not for the like brazen, brash, out loud aesthetics of these activist interest groups from either side. I don't need to see Jesus crosses. I don't need to see rainbows. I mean, that's where I'm coming from. So to me, I feel like I'm the person in this pluralist society that is truly, you know, left out in the cold, so to speak, because we're, we're really having a fight from the extremes. We're having these interest groups from all sides yelling at each other 
And it's like, guys, we're all different. We're all unique. Let's just leave all that at the door and join into the events and spaces that we can agree upon. You know what I mean? Like, I turn on a TV series to watch that drama unfold because those stories are universal and those characters are relatable or whatnot. And then for the commercial break to hit, hypothetically speaking, of course, I'm not trying to watch any commercials these days, for the ads to start, whether it be on YouTube or on a, you know, New York Times, you know, pop up or whatever, like, I don't want this messaging. I don't want to be this targeted demographic. I don't want to be told why this insurance company is better than that during this broadcast. You know what I mean? Like, I find it all very tacky. I find it all very tacky. And I think that both the Pride Night and the Christian Night are tacky. And I'll still be up for watching the games on TV. But I just, I try to ignore all that. And I would guess that more people would be like me and have taken the grill pill and just want to just be left alone as moderate centrists. But the louder this shit gets, the less we can stay in the corners hiding. You know what I mean? Like, this comes with a backlash. And I worry that it won't come from the center. It'll come from the other sides. And that's what sucks, you know? Like, I don't want to go into, like, a, you know, a fascist or whatever, you know, pejorative the left thinks of the, of the right. Like, I don't want to go back to that, the Bush era, the Reagan era. Like, that's lame. I don't think we will, because that, that's not really how progress works in this country. But I guess you could argue it could do that from the 60s to the 80s, etc. But... I just wish that the left would like take the win culturally because of how dominant it really is, how it's convinced every Fortune 500 company to go woke in June and to celebrate Black History Month in February and all the rest and to speak about the supposed wage gap for women and to say all the things that they think people want to hear, all because of the loudest people on Twitter. You know what I mean? It's not representative of real life. and. The more you do it, the more you're going to have backlashes like Bud Light experienced. The more you're going to have these fraught events like the Dodgers are dealing with, where you actually can't just pull off this whole progressive agenda without any fuss. There's going to be fuss because not everyone agrees with all these things. You know, like this trans stuff, it's not about dehumanization. No conservative that I've heard, I don't really listen to them, but, you know, Jordan Peterson, for whatever that's worth, is saying that trans people aren't people or that they don't exist or that they shouldn't have a right to exist. That's getting the argument all wrong. The argument is that children should not be given hormonal drugs that fuck them up. They shouldn't be advocated into a lifetime of medical procedures that mutilate your body, by and large. I mean, those are the arguments. We shouldn't be gaslit into thinking that a he can be a she and that, you know, even if you're born with a Y chromosome, that you can, you know, call yourself someone that has a womb or something. You know, like, this is what it's like. And no one wants to, like, really talk about it like that. But, like, when you get into the wildest-looking group out there who is obviously mocking Catholicism, what do you expect? What do you expect? Like, 
why would you do that? You know, like, I just don't understand the decisions that these businesses are making. They think that they're doing the cool thing because they heard it on Twitter. And then they learn that it's actually a very fringe, radical belief, you know, and that not everyone's on board with it. And it's not as simple as just like loving everybody. No one loves everybody, okay? I don't care what language the left, like the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, use that the spaces they create are all inclusive for everybody. They're not. They're not for religious people, obviously. You know what I mean? And that's okay. But don't pretend that it is. Just say, look, we're going to represent this group that was marginalized and we feel bad for them, so we're going to care for them. And your group can do its thing. I mean, the bulk of charity globally, the vast majority of charity is done by Christians, okay? So it's a little hard to hate on Christians when you're a charity group and try and point out all the, you know, child muster priests as your argument. Do you know how big <laughs> Christian funding is for charities like the Red Cross? You know, I mean, it almost has a monopoly on the whole charity game. So to like try and call the Christians out as bad people is pretty absurd. Most people are not priests. Most people are not pedophiles. Most people are not even this like flag saluting, you know, dim-witted follower of God and country. I mean, it's kind of this like outdated stereotype, you know? I mean, I know conservatives, you know? I mean, they might have a little more patriotism or reverence for, you know, the hierarchy of our country more so than you, but they're not these like <laughs> foot soldiers for the second coming or something like that. I mean, I don't know. There's, there's not enough listening, you know, in this sense. And I want to say on both sides, but I do think that the right hears the left, because how could you not? The left has dominance in culture, and everyone hears the left. Everyone knows what the left thinks. It's pretty obvious what the left thinks. The question is, how strongly does everyone left of center think that stuff? You know, like, I want trans people to have rights. Of course, I'm on the left, but I don't want to rewrite the definitions of man and woman and male and female. And, you know, I don't want to render an entire generation of children utterly confused of reality because of what we like, because of new things we make up, like gender affirming care. I think that's going too far. I don't think that puts me on the right. If it does, so be it. Maybe I'm socially conservative. But that doesn't mean that you can presume I'm conservative about everything. I still want to you know, spread the wealth, cancel student debt, get way better healthcare universally. So, you know, this is a mixed bag. And I think people in the middle are really pulled from both directions when they're just trying to watch their ball games and they're told that they're bad people for not endorsing everything that either the capitalists or the players are saying. I mean, this is all getting so absurd. And the more I see of it, the more I do think, just leave all your baggage in the door. You know, we don't need it. Just like show up and be cool and engage in this thing appropriately. You know, if that's what you're paid to do, like maybe we should talk about if the national anthem should still be a thing. You know, if we need like flyover jets patriotically celebrating American 
power or something like those can be discussed but like to just like make your whole identity about one niche topic that you don't fully understand and then to think that because you have a big platform facing the world that you have to say something like that I don't know I mean it's arrogant people are arrogant and I do think that humility is in order and a little, you know, chill pill, some relaxation everywhere would be cool. You know, it's not denying of your personhood or your rights to disinvite you to an event. You don't get to be invited to everything. I'm certainly not. So, you know, what do you expect? Anyways, um, I hope the Dodgers can win the division this year. <laughs> I like this young team. I hope they get Shohei Otani in the offseason. I hope they win, you know, three more World Series this decade at least. And off the field, I just, you know, I want to go to the game and, like, not be harassed when I enter, you know, not be patted down too hard. Um, I'd like to be able to bring in my own alcohol or at least pay a lot less for it in the game. I'd like the food to be better at Dodger Stadium, you know. I don't see why they can't get some of the better chefs or brands. Like, why isn't there an In-N-Out in Dodger Stadium? There should be, like, four of them, at least. Um, you know, like, this is what we should be caring about. You know, this these are, like, benign, very inclusive things that we all care about. Hanging out with our friends, cheering for our teams, you know, having some drinks, having some laughs. Like... Let's focus on that. Let's focus on getting that stuff to be better. Because, like, it could be better. All right. I think, I think I'll leave it there. I might have had some other notes here, but I don't think it matters too much. Um, I've said what I need to say. So, yeah. Until next time. Ciao.